Okay, now we can start the show. This is Rock Hard Caucus, your most trusted news source in Iowa. Iowa's <laughs> most trusted news source? I think that's a more elegant way of saying that. Iowa's most trusted news source, yeah. Rock Hard Caucus. <laughs> yeah. We were a pack last week, and now we're the most trusted <laughs> news source. <laughs> I'm lead anchor uh, Justin Comer, and I'm joined by... Uh, you guys should make up your own titles for <laughs> yeah. most can I trusted be, news source. Uh, can I be like the meteorologist? Like Stella in weather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you got to give yourself a fake last name like Joe Winters. <laughs> Ste- Stella Showers. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, Stella, oh, wait, Stella wait, Golden wait. Showers. Uh, oh no! I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I was gonna say it doesn't sound like meteorology. It sounds like a different profession. <laughs> porn. He's he's talking about porn, but he's just so he can't say it. I cover all uh, urine-related stories. That's my beat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to think of a joke for beat, but it's not working. <laughs> You're on the beat. There's yeah, two like pretty big uh, directions you can go with if you want to make beat jokes. Yeah, like the beat off beat. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Or you could do like beat kids from Wonder Shows. And- Hell yeah. Great show. <laughs> okay, so Stella's on the weather. Uh, Evan, what is your job? Uh, I'm like the Iowa politics oracle slash shaman. Okay. Uh, that's a normal thing that they have on local news. <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically, I, I'm just plugged in spiritually with anything that happens in the state regarding politics. And you, you have to listen to me. Yeah. Reading the future. Yes. And uh, Natalie, what would you like your job to be? Oh, my God. I know exactly what I want. Um, I am the leggy news anchor who is secretly just auditioning for a job as a Republican politician. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. I've seen this before. With, with, with like bright white chiclet ass teeth. And I'm just like trying to get myself as the pretty lady on the TV so that I can become mm. an insane frothing reactionary politician in the future. But I'm like really pretty, and we have to be honest. These people are like really pretty. So, <laughs> and since we're in Iowa, uh, statistically, at least one of us has to be dating a cop. I guess yeah. I think that's how you. Yeah, that's how uh, most Iowa media personalities do it. So, yep. Oh yeah, I'm definitely a cop wife, and secretly get eaten out by an anarchist friend. So. <laughs> This is my entire backstory. Okay. You're kind of doing a Nancy Gribble thing. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, Nancy Gribble. Well, today we're going to be talking, uh, it's kind of about cops again. Cops cops are in the news. You guys heard about cops? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Des Moines Register reporter... Andrea Sahuri? Am I saying her name correctly? Not sure, honestly, that or yeah. Sahuri? I don't know. Yeah, not sure. Yeah, I've also heard it on public radio and TV as like Suhari. So I think, as usual, any kind of like non white English sounding name that people mm-hmm. are familiar with just gets butchered, <laughs> you yeah. know, by every news outlet. <laughs> including me. Cheering on the tra- tradition. Including us. Yeah. Including <laughs> us. Yeah, so we're, we're no the, different. We're actually the only news outlet, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she was uh, arrested by Des Moines police a while back at uh, one of the, I think it was like the first night of the George Floyd protests. 
you know what? Before I try to remember any facts, why don't I just start reading this <laughs> and tell you the real facts, not as I recall them with my foggy memory. Uh, and I want to give Evan credit for uh, compiling a lot of research for this episode once again. Evan keeps researching. Yeah, nice. kind of. I just, I read a bunch of shit. That's what I do. <laughs> He's a big reader. Yeah, I'm the Oracle. Nerd. <laughs> Fucking dork. Is this uh this is some stuff you're about to share that um Evan saw in some tea leaves that he dredged? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> uh so this is a pretty good uh rundown of like the whole story. It's in the Washington Post by uh it looks like Alahi Izadi. Uh, and its headline is Iowa reporter acquitted in a trial that shocked press freedom advocates. This was on March 10th, so right after the trial. A jury acquitted an Iowan newspaper reporter on Wednesday of two misdemeanor charges, ending a rare trial of a U.S. journalist arrested while reporting on a protest. Uh, Des Moines Register reporter Andrea Sahuri was arrested and pepper sprayed while covering a racial justice protest that descended into chaos on May 31st. Descended into chaos. Just uh, objective journalism there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Des Moines police also arrested Sahuri's boyfriend at the time, Spencer Robnett, who said he had accompanied her to help keep her safe. The pair faced fines and up to 30 days in jail for two charges. Failure to disperse and interference with official acts. I am hearing that she's single now. <laughs> yeah. Is that what's implied by this? <laughs> sorry, sorry. She is no longer in a relationship with Spencer Robnett, her boyfriend from that night. I don't know if she is currently oh. in another relationship or not. Oh, there's no way she's not. <laughs> Look at her. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, both of them were acquitted on all charges after a three-day joint trial and less Jesus. than two hours of jury deliberation. What a fucking waste of fucking everyone's time. <laughs> Absolutely. Not to put too fine a point on it, but like, wouldn't it suck if you like broke up with someone and then you had to see them in court like every day and you were, on, you were like on the same side and right, yeah. like, oh, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, okay. Well, at least he testified in her defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it doesn't seem like there's uh, much animosity between them, but. They could just I mean, be professional. Even without animosity, like. Oh, yeah, it would be uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have boyfriends I wish no ill will, but I don't want to spend eight hours a day for three days <laughs> defending my ability to not go to jail. <laughs> right. <laughs> With them. Don't necessarily want to be on the same defense team as them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Especially if you've, like, moved on and they're like, is that a hickey? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Much like we just said, uh, in an interview with the Washington Post, Suhuri called the prosecution, quote, a complete waste of the state's time, effort, and money. True. This was my first year as a reporter, and I didn't think something like this would happen to me in Iowa, she added. I'm just glad to have finally told my side of the story. Why would she think it wouldn't happen in Iowa? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know why she didn't think that would happen. here like our cops are pretty bad but i guess you know the events of the past year have have opened our eyes a little bit more into just yeah that's true just how bad iowa law enforcement is Mm -hmm. yeah this case is 
pretty unprecedented, hence why it's like in the Washington yeah. Post and not right. Yeah, this is exactly national journalism. Journalists mm-hmm. think they have some sort of protections, and those are just norms. So mm-hmm. maybe when she says, "I didn't think this would happen in Iowa," you wouldn't think it would happen in the United States, right? But it did. Yeah, that's debatable <laughs> as well. <laughs> It is, but I I do think that that is it's, how journalists think yes. it is. Yeah, yeah. That's, how, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's how she mm-hmm. thinks. That's how we're exactly. expected to think about it. Yeah, they zoom out a little bit here. At least 126 U.S. journalists were arrested or detained on the job in 2020. Many of them while covering the protests sparked by the killing of George Floyd. But most of those journalists had their charges dropped if they were charged at all. Uh, and there's only about a dozen or so that are still facing charges. Suhuri was the first one of these to go to trial, so that's why it's getting so Mm. much uh, coverage outside of the state. Uh, The case has attracted nationwide attention, and journalism advocates have depicted Polk County attorney John Sarcone's decision to prosecute Suhuri as a baffling assault on press freedom. By the way, the reason I'm not going to be able to pronounce anyone's names is because I didn't actually watch any of the trial. I only (laughs) consumed all of this information via Twitter, so I've only... (laughs) read same. these things with my eyes and not heard them with my ears yeah i mean same i uh was trying to follow as long uh as best as i could while trying to do my job but <laughs> the day of the trial like i was like on my phone pretty much all day <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah although the first amendment doesn't grant journalists privileges to go places the public can't prosecutors have traditionally declined to pursue charges against reporters covering protests I feel like they are missing a sentence there. Because what what does the First Amendment protect? Could it possibly be the right to to protest? Yeah, I think there's (laughs) something about assembly. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like it doesn't give journalists any special privileges above the public, although it kind of does because freedom of the press is in the First Amendment. Yeah. But also, like, the protest itself is already covered by the First Amendment, so the journalists shouldn't need any additional privileges because the whole thing is already covered. Yeah, it's like double coverage, double protection. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are very grateful that justice was done today and that Andrea was fully exonerated, but it should never have come to this, said Maribel Perez, president of News for Gannett, which owns the Register and funded Suhuri's defense. So we're often pretty critical of Gannett, but at least they funded the defense in this case of their employee. Well, yeah, that's some positive press coverage for them, like, and, yeah. uh, which is a rarity <laughs> for them. So. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the prosecution. This isn't about free press, Sarcone, the county attorney, countered in an interview after the verdict. This is about someone who has no credentials on her. We can show she was with her boyfriend <laughs> being a part of the protests. Which is fine. I don't have a problem with her doing that, but it's an hour and a half after the dispersal order was given. <laughs> you sound exactly like a homophobe explaining why like gay <laughs> marriage shouldn't happen. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I just don't see it. <laughs> I just don't want to see it. Yeah. Also, like she had no credentials on her, but like you could find out like even if the arresting officer didn't know she was press and didn't know if she was telling the truth, like they had months to drop the charges. Yeah. As like in any other case where, or, you know, most of the other cases yes. where a reporter was arrested. Did you guys know too that when your boyfriend is around, you, your job <laughs> goes away? You're not, yep. like, you're not employed? Yeah. 
I mean, the whole, the circumstances of the case with the officer not having his body camera on, Officer Luke Wilson. Mm -hmm. Also, I can't believe Owen Wilson's brother is so hard (laughs) up that he has to join the Des Moines Police Department. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't seen him in a movie or anything in a long time, so I guess, yeah. yeah. He realized his uh, dream of protecting and serving. (laughs) And then, you know, additionally, the entire time she's being arrested, even though we don't have any, like, footage of it because the body cam was off, she's saying, like, I am a journalist. I am with the register. I'm here to, like, report this story. And they're just being super, like, dismissive to her, saying, like, that's not what we asked you. Yeah. We pepper sprayed you. <laughs> Actually, I can I can give you, like, quotes from Luke Wilson himself. The cop, not the actor. Ah, <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> <laughs> the arresting officer, Luke Wilson, of the Des Moines Police Department, testified that he arrived at the area that evening to find crowds of people throwing objects and fogged the area with pepper spray in an attempt to make them leave. Our goal wasn't to arrest a whole bunch of people, Wilson said on the stand. It was to clear the area and limit the destruction and damage that was occurring. How do you clear yeah. it? Uh, whatever. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I actually watched some of this protest like after I got off work. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, there's video Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And it was like on KCCI. I was more just marveling at like the awful, awful fucking comments in there. <laughs> but yeah, basically, there was just a bunch of people there. There wasn't any like it wasn't that intense until the police started fucking throwing like pepper spray canisters yeah. like in the middle of yeah. a street that was like still open. There's like cars driving by and shit. And I think that's what the officer said that like he. He was uh, like concerned for the safety of the people around, but it's like the police absolutely <laughs> caused any of the chaos that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's just like make a giant cloud in the middle of the street where people are driving yeah. for public safety's sake, or at the very, very least, <laughs> exacerbated it to an extreme degree. Yeah. Let's make people leave by blinding them. Like I, <laughs> I just don't understand. You know. Yeah. Awful. Uh, Sahuri Andrea was basically blinded temporarily by the pepper spray and it's like you know she's not able to leave because she can't see where she's going so it seems like your goal was to incapacitate her and arrest her yes (laughs) not to make her leave i also like that they include that the arrest occurred an hour and a half after the dispersal order which means like how you have no idea if she was there when the order was given like how (laughs) how can this still be in effect an hour and a half later (laughs) Who knows yeah. who's part of the crowd at that point? And I think that was part of the case yeah, too. Yeah, it's not like there a was, curfew. There was never any really clear dispersal order. It was there usually uh, isn't. Right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes they do. Like, I guess I, I haven't seen it here, but sometimes they have like the loudspeaker with the recording message shit, right? Or yeah. like whatever. But there that was that definitely in wasn't the case here. It's really creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's oh, yeah, I've terrifying. Seen stuff in, like, Portland. It's- yeah, it's so fucking, um, like, honestly, like, 1984, which I hate. But, like, I hate so it when people say that. Okay, yeah. fuck off. Fuck you, first of all. <laughs> fuck off. Um, and se- <laughs> second of all, it is, but it's, like, loudspeakers have always creeped me out. Yeah. Like, when, lo- when like, loudspeakers over, like, mass areas of people outside is creepy. Creepy to me. Yeah. I think only one of the protests that I went to uh, had a dispersal order given. That was the night that they uh, tear gas people in Iowa City, mm-hmm. and I didn't hear shit. So <laughs> that's that's my limited experience with dispersal orders. Is that uh, if the crowd is big enough, 
very few yeah. people are going to hear the dispersal order. Yeah. And even in those cases, it's just like they do it like five, they give you like five minutes or whatever. Or like they, they still spring it on people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they love hurting people. That's really what it's all about. <laughs> 100%. Why, and why would that apply too to someone who is there, you know, technically as an impartial observer just reporting the facts? Yeah, like why would she even be required to disperse? Yeah. Yeah, well in court, prosecutors had argued that Suhuri's status as a journalist was irrelevant to the charges and that she and Robnet had ignored the dispersal order and then interfered with an arrest and therefore committed crimes. Uh, that interferal with an arrest, I believe, is referring to Suhuri's boyfriend trying to move her away from the cops who were, oh like, God. rushing towards her. Wait, you can say someone interferes with your own arrest? Like, weird. <laughs> it was interfering. Yeah, interference with-, with official acts is a pretty... Like, but all these charges are obviously, like, very fucking blanket charges that they give to, yep. like, any yeah. protesters, really. Like, interference with official acts can be, like literally anything that the cop does like you do something that the cop doesn't like yeah you bothered them yeah or if you like disobey an order or whatever most police don't know the laws like they don't know (laughs) these things in detail (laughs) or i mean i feel like a lot of this stuff is like just assigned after the fact absolutely as i was you know learning about this case something that I just recently learned that floored me was that there was another journalist there the entire time yeah. that wasn't arrested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the difference between that journalist and Andrea Sahuri is that the other journalist was white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what was, yeah. do we know, like, what kind of, like, the other journalists, what kind of, were they critical in the past? Or do we know anything about that person? Yeah. So Katie Aiken was the other reporter there and she was a register employee as well but she covered like retails like restaurants and like she was probably there for the mall just to see if if it was going to get damaged and then just write a piece about how like <laughs> documenting mall. every piece of damage no i'm just kidding she's probably a fine reporter yeah but. i mean she she testified on behalf of suhuri i believe so yeah. she's she's cool it seems yes if one brick is hurled at this hollister <laughs> yeah <laughs> the target there was boarded up yeah i'm just imagining someone who's that. just like obsessively like the way that like guys get into like trains or whatever they're just into like, re- <laughs> into retail <malls>. box stores <laughs> yeah they're just into like <laughs> tj maxx and like coles <laughs> and like documenting the differences between them um i don't think you like fully understand the like fact that there is a tj maxx subculture that is yeah. insane. No, it's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know some people who are like genuinely obsessed with one that one particular yeah. store. Like, people yeah. get really weird about that one. Maxinistas. Maxinistas, exactly. Yeah, rise up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, like, honestly, if the protesters that night were met not by cops, but just, like, 30 suburban, like, West Des Moines moms? (laughs) (laughs) You shall not pass! (laughs) I would not be surprised. Do not damage the container store! (laughs) It's gonna turn it all around for us! (laughs) 
since we brought up uh, Katie Aiken, let me let me read a little bit about her from the same piece. Uh, Aiken, who also worked for the Register, testified that she had been reporting alongside Suhuri. Oh, also by the way, uh, Andrea was live tweeting from the event and like has photos and footage yeah. from mm-hmm. the uh, protest. So it's clear mm-hmm. that she was doing her job. Like she has evidence, yeah. time stamped and dated that she was covering the protest as a journalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Aiken testified that she'd been reporting alongside Suhuri. Uh, she heard no police order to disperse, and she didn't see anybody interfering with arrests. Uh, she said the group had moved away from the commotion at the mall to a nearby parking lot before Wilson arrested Suhuri. So basically, they were in the process of dispersing. Like They, they mm-hmm. weren't part of the main group when the arrest occurred. There's video. There's like a body cam footage from another cop Yeah, showing... That officer telling Katie Aiken to leave while Suhuri is being handcuffed. He testified that he did not arrest Aiken because she had identified herself as a member of the media. And again, so did Andrea Suhuri. Yeah. Uh, And that she, quote, wasn't disobeying or showing any signs of not wanting to do what we said. She just looked to me to be scared. White. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, Andrea was yeah. not. You know, she was was not scared of being pepper sprayed and like detained by the police. <laughs> That's right. just like such a perfect example of the way emotions are projected onto like women of color, and they're mm-hmm. always perceived as being more aggressive than they are, or mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they project those qualities. Sorry to interrupt you, Evan. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, the the body cam footage was a big part of the trial um, because. The prosecution tried really hard to prevent it from being shown. Oh, why? And then when they were forced to, they found out that the Luke Wilson, the original, the arresting officer, uh, did not have his running and didn't. <laughs> uh, he was required to and never reported to his superiors that he didn't have it recording. That mm-hmm. is wild to me that they can like even turn it off. Yeah, like, they why? have yeah. pretty much complete control yeah. over their own cameras. Yeah. He is yeah. also uh, a guy who was assigned to the airport as a bomb technician and a dog handler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he didn't really have, yeah. you know, he w- didn't have much experience on like the crime beat so much. He was just itching. To go out there and bust some yes. heads, you know? Because every yeah. day he's just in the airport, like, bored out of his mind. Yeah, yeah not much <laughs> is going on. He is also dating a uh, KCCI reporter. <laughs> um, I can't remember what her title or position is, but yes, that was part of the, uh, well, part of the social media <laughs> regarding the trial. Social there's, media Yeah, there's such storm. a fucking interconnected web of bullshit here that I'm already forgetting parts of it. <laughs> But it's all fucking incestuous. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fun fact about Katie Aiken, though. So she was let go that first night because she looked scared. Uh, But the following day, there's video of a cop spraying her in the eye with chemicals after she identified herself as a reporter 17 times within 30 seconds. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. So she must not have looked very scared that night, you know? And I think, you know, that's evidence that maybe the cops aren't so racist. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah right. they got this, this white chick, a... too. <laughs> no bias detected, baby. <laughs> oh, we, we equally spray poison in the eyes of all kinds of chicks. Yeah. <laughs> aren't there studies, too, that show, like, physicians and stuff routinely see that people of color are like report that they think they're less likely to experience like pain and all these things yeah Yeah. to natalie's point like 
it's just um, a projection of how you feel about like that type of person and what kind of emotions they could be experiencing. And they were just so hostile to Andrea. It's like, it's also uh, anti hot bias. And it's something that I face <laughs> every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I, I actually went back and I found uh, he's the Luke Wilson, the cop, is actually dating a reporter for WHO 13, or former okay. reporter, right, Sonia Heitzhusen, right, right. who is actually now working as the press spokesman for. Rob Sand. There it is. Uh, there it is. That's right. Um, I did want to say something while we were like on the State like. Otter. Oh yeah, we're gonna do a whole episode on him eventually, right? <laughs> yeah. I did want to say one thing on like there was a bunch of data coming out last year of doing studies about the impact on women's reproductive health. Did you see this, Stella? I saw. Yeah. The about um, the ways pepper spraying people and like other like. Hmm quote-unquote non-lethal crowd control Mm -hmm. measures can cause people to like have miscarriages and to become infertile and like it interferes with like women's reproductive systems in all kinds of really terrifying ways to like say nothing about like tear gas and pepper spray is not good for your respiratory system during a fucking viral pandemic (laughs) that causes respiratory symptoms like are you fucking kidding me there is also like a bunch of chemicals i think that or at least in like portland and some of the places where there were like federal agents involved they were using some shit that like hadn't really been used too much before i'm not sure about what it was specifically called or whatever but yeah there's like like, three or four different agents that they have like ready to use at any time that would be a war crime just gonna say (laughs) if it it was used overseas a lot of these chemicals would be considered war crimes like look at the way people reacted to in syria Mm -hmm. but it's okay when our cops do it our boys in blue boys in blue Uh, we've alluded to the uh, the social media posts that were happening on the day of the trial. Should we go further into that? <laughs> yeah, I kind of that... wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, prosecution for this yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's one sentence in this article that we glossed over that is, the proceedings took place in a Drake University Law School campus courtroom as part of yes. an educational program. Which is a very strange sentence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is like a groundbreaking case. Like, this never happens and it's like oh we'll just do it in the we're just gonna do it in the lawyer daycare like what the fuck is this this is a classroom experience and they yeah. have like children prosecuted this should be like a real trial not like a mock trial as a yeah. drake university alum i would be remiss in saying that you know giving students the, these real world opportunities that is wow Definitely in keeping with the mission and ethos of my alma mater. Go right. dogs! <laughs> Go dogs, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that Drake had a law school, honestly, until, like, <laughs> just now. Oh, Evan! It's a, I'm sorry. It's a big it's deal! It's an okay law school. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's kind of, like, in but... the area, a big deal. Like, I don't know any lawyers. I try not to. I try to avoid them. <laughs> That's smart. Do you say lawyers? <laughs> well, whatever. I people have yeah given me a hard time about that before, but I love it. I we're think it's all adorable. mispronouncing shit on this podcast. I think it's amazing. I say lawyer, but I think lawyer is like it looks 
like it sounds. You I'm know? but a simple country lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned like in the last week that my partner, someone I've been with for years and married to lately for a couple years, says tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Who did I marry? <laughs> right. You think you know a guy. <laughs> That's not even one of the pronunciations in that song, you know? Potato, potato, yeah, exactly. tomato, tomato. That is right. exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> you say tomato, I say tomato. Nobody says tomato. <laughs> I, my great uncle, uh, he owned a farm and he did say tomato. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was well, his profession, so I think... If you I'll grow them, you him. can call them whatever you yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I'd like to say John Sarcone, the Polk County attorney, uh, has been in that office for 27 years mm-hmm. uh, and has never been opposed. <laughs> like, he knocked off the incumbent and has ran unopposed that entire time. Yeah. I'm going to run. <laughs> you should. If you don't mind me interjecting, uh, Kimberly Graham has expressed interest in possibly oh, running yeah, against yeah, yeah. him. Fuck so. yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, if that happens, that'll be good. a real piece of shit, uh, <laughs> as you would expect a prosecutor to be. I mean, he's faced a lot of criticism for, like, discrepancies and, like, juvenile arrests for, like, black children and, like... All kinds of, you know, as you would expect, like I said, for a prosecutor, especially in fucking, like, a small Iowa City, like, Des Moines or whatever. Yeah. Regarding the disparity in arrests, he was asked and told the register in 2016, guess what? They are committing the crimes. The reality is there's a disparity in the number of crimes committed by people of color. What you have to do is address the conduct there. Oh, and oh I, would, did, I don't think we mentioned he is a Democrat, of course. Oh! He's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no. surprising. <laughs> Fucking piece of shit. So, yeah, in his <laughs> office, um, the, the prosecutor in this case was a Drake University law student named Brecklin Carey. Okay, what <laughs> white nonsense is Brecklin as a name? I'm sorry, it's <laughs> the whitest shit. <laughs> yeah. We were I assume it with if you're a person person of color and you see the name of your prosecutor is Bre- Brecklin Carey, that's got to be like fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Brecklin Carey, uh, age what is she? Twenty two, twenty three. I yeah, not sure. <laughs> she but, has like, to be. It is ridiculous that they put her in the line of fucking fire. It's obviously to protect the reputations of this more senior attorneys. There's like 50 people in that office. It's like the end of World War II where the Germans had like no able-bodied soldiers left and so they (laughs) sent out the old men and the like teenagers and 12 year olds like Brecklin is in the Hitler youth and they just send her out on the you know the front (laughs) well (laughs) i've looked a little bit further into who she is uh she's a big baseball fan she used a baseball (laughs) metaphor uh to begin the trial saying that uh the jury needs to keep their eye on the ball regarding uh (laughs) the bases are loaded and des moines is at bat So she was coming up with some corny baseball slogans saying like, oh yeah, this case, keep your eye on the ball. This is all about failure to disperse. It doesn't have anything oh to do with God. her being a member of the press or whatever. A lot of the, the Twitter controversy erupted uh, following friend of the show, Jalen Cavill, uh, tweeting, making fun of that opening statement with all of its baseball <laughs> analogies. And uh, 
boy, did a did a fun character emerge from that. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Let me just say a, a couple words about legally Liz. Um, apparently, Brecklin Carey's BFF was uh, on Twitter all day, or maybe <laughs> for multiple days, replying to every single criticism of her BFF Brecklin and uh, making. A good name for law schools everywhere and (laughs) the intelligence of law students. Here's the thing. If something like that, if like someone was coming after one of you and you were not a fucking bootlicking skis bag, I would spend (laughs) my entire day for much, much longer going through every single comment. And the thing that the thing that she did wrong is she did not individualize her responses yeah. to everyone. Yeah, yeah it was a, a copy paste. It was a copy paste. Every single one was like, focus your energies on the what, whatever it was that she was copy pasting. And mm-hmm. I would go through and tell each person to put their hand in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You didn't I get suspended for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm glad Twitter moderation is keeping up with the real <laughs> real problem here. But I would go through every single one and do brutal personal insults <laughs> on all of your behalf. Because I yeah. love you so much. Well, it's thank called you. being a loyal friend. <laughs> she's a loyal friend. The problem is that she's uncreative and lazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. And on the wrong side. Liz's basic defense of Brecklin is that Brecklin is just an intern for the county attorney's <laughs> office and she doesn't really have any say over like what she's assigned to and she's only doing her job. She's just the doing Nuremberg her job. Defense. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> yes. Well, Nuremberg defense, but also like <laughs> the prosecution was trying to like nullify that argument in the case of Sahuri, who was yeah. just doing her job attending right. the protest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like adamantly defending her friend and saying like, yes, I disagree with the law too. I don't think that Sahuri should have been arrested and shouldn't be being prosecuted right now, but that's the law we have. And that, <laughs> and it's my best friend's job to uphold that law. And she's just <laughs> part of a system. And someday maybe we'll be able to change that system. But for now, my friend isn't doing anything wrong by upholding that system yeah and it's so man (laughs) it's ridiculous and so i think another reason that they might (laughs) have have chosen (laughs) they they might have chosen brecklin is because she was a former aclu intern Uh, Uh, she also was the president of the american constitution society uh what no nothing hold on on. it sounds like it's super conservative but it's actually a progressive organization for progressive lawyers (laughs) i saw on her briefly saw on her facebook she's very much in the line of like white liberal feminist Kamala Harris stuff about breaking the grass glass ceiling all of that yeah. uh she had not not much there regarding like black lives matter but i do remember her had a thing that said like vote for george floyd because he can't or something like that which oh, is like no. Oh, no. very <laughs> deaf vote. Yeah. I hate, it. hate it i also looked at her facebook i found a post from december 11th of 2020 where she shared the aclu of iowa post which was celebrating the uh, a federal district court today ruled that the state can't enforce its ban of five Des Moines BLM protesters from the Iowa Capitol complex grounds. She said, mm-hmm. I'm so proud to have been a legal intern with the ACLU of Iowa this past semester. 
oh, cut to three months later, and <laughs> yeah. I'm, on, I'm on the other side of this issue. Yeah. Well, I think uh, all of us understand that, like, a progressive prosecutor is an oxymoron. <laughs> like, yeah. you can't, no. you're serving the state. Yes. Prosecutors are inherently... You're not serving people, you're serving the state. Yes. Their job description is evil. So yeah. you at least need yeah. to, I mean, someone can be a harm reduction prosecutor, I suppose. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I feel like also you're still a person, you're still subject to public pressure as well. And like, isn't it typically, I know in some like places it's an elected position, right? Like, yeah, yeah. well, the, yeah. The, the whole county attorney is an elected position. Yeah. And then. And then they hire, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, though, he's running unopposed for the last 27 years. So, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that streak stops. But, yeah. It's interesting, yeah, the degree to just the complicity of this woman in, involved. And, in, like, I mean, obviously, like, she was trying to move her career forward. Yes. But, like... Mm. Yes. This is the thing that bothers us about liberals is, like, they choose their career over any sort of, like, they'll willingly choose a field where, like, their uh, morals are, like, constantly overridden by their career, like, aspirations and ambition. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised you guys were able to find out this information. Like, she should have that shit locked down. Yeah, well, the the night before the trial, she changed her name on Facebook and changed her profile picture to Spider-Man. But... <laughs> It's not hard to find her. It's Don't not like we hide went out of way. behind Spider Man, <laughs> Brecklin. Her profile URL was still Brecklin Case, and all of her posts were still public. So uh, she's, bad. she's bad. She's <laughs> bad. So she she knew she knew she was going to compromise like all her values, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Got to get that internship. <laughs> okay, normalize people saying fucking no. They won't do things. Right. Yeah. It just makes me sick. I'm so tired of the, like, defense. That kind of defense gets trotted yeah. out for politicians all the time, too. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. she could say, I refuse to do that. What are they going to do? Kick her out? Then she goes to the press and she has her own. I mean, imagine how famous you'll Oh, get. no. She might have to get an internship at a different law, like, oh, <laughs> no. firm or oh, whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, I feel, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe we're giving her a little bit too hard of a time. Like, she's 22. There are definitely people who are in a position of power over her. Right. You know, yeah. in this yeah. office. Like, they're, she's, well, people her, are she's their sacrificial her. lamb. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. They're using yeah. her. You're right. I was so stupid when I was 22. It should be illegal to be 22. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're right, Stella. And the problem is the people who are manipulating her. Yeah, like the law school she went to, apparently. Because it seems yeah. to have instilled in her and her friend Liz uh, this, like, career over everything. And yeah. uh, it's your job to do what the law is currently. And you are not allowed to act on your own, like, convictions and morals. Yeah, or, like, you know, demonstrate any discretion, which discretion yeah. exists all the time for people doing wage theft or, you know, people violating the SEC, but there's no discretion. There's, like, apparently, like, you know, no ability to have any kind of, like, prosecutorial discretion yeah. when it comes to, like, actual people. Yeah. I mean, she, she obviously had a lot of pressure on her, but, like, I, I don't know, the irony of going from intern to the ACLU to, like, intern in, like, yeah. the biggest, like, freedom of the press, like, case that yeah. probably has happened in the past, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I mean, 
I can't think of anything else, really. If she didn't feel gross about it, she wouldn't have changed her profile picture. And <laughs> the state rests. That's all the evidence I need <laughs> to submit. Yeah. Your honor, gavel goes bang. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> well, yeah, her Google results are fucked up beyond repair. So. <laughs> <laughs> you went private like a fucking coward. I'm not going private. Yeah, that's the Fuck consequence. You. <laughs> Fucking cowards. I have to make a plug for a podcast called The Appeal, which is by the citations needed people. Um, Well, one of them, Adam Johnson. Um, And it's really interesting. And the very first episode is entirely about prosecutors and about how like DAs and stuff are like the most powerful people in the country that no one ever pays any attention to. Like all the focus is on, you know, cops and politicians. And it's like the people who create the laws basically, because it's all about how they're enforced. Right. It's like, there's, you know, how they're written is one thing, but the way Mm -hmm. that they are used and the way they function within our society is how the laws really exist. And those people skate by without any, like harsh light put on them at all Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we need to start like if we could start putting severe pressure on these kinds of like you know elected attorneys races you can make a huge difference when it comes to criminal justice reform versus like attempting to change police offices from within or like (laughs) (laughs) you know or like you know pressuring politicians and it's like there's a you have so much discretion. The law is like the way it functions in society is determined by what cases they do and do not take up and what cases they'll settle and what plea deals they offer and all that stuff is the way the law actually functions. It's such bullshit for Brecklin's friend whatever to <laughs> Liz yeah, to Liz. say that like she is just doing her job and the law is the law because it's like mm-hmm. the law is not the law. It's all about like how people decide to use it. Mm-hmm. In her case like she is acting on the side of not changing the law. You know like mm-hmm. you can either fight against the law like <laughs> like the uh, BLM protesters or you can just go along with what your job is at the county attorney's office before we move on from the petty social media shit I do just want to say that uh, a friend of ours found Liz's Instagram and she has a bail fund link in her bio <laughs> Just another little piece yeah. of irony that I enjoyed. There was another girl who was friends with. Actually, she was the co or the vice president of the American Constitution Society group, and she was also name searching and defending uh, her friend, which is interesting. Drake Law School students stick together, apparently. You know, yeah. it's it's weird that they let you major in cognitive dissonance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. She was getting into it, or someone was posting about uh, the Carrie thing and said that, like, it was another woman saying basically that, like, women pursue these positions that are typically held by men. And then when they get criticism about it, they uh, turn it back into, like, being like, I'm, uh, you know, they a strong, re- independent woman. <laughs> or they appear more fragile, like, when it's advantageous mm-hmm. to them or whatever. Yeah. And she had some other oh, yeah, like intersectionality. 
stuff about it. But then this girl replied to her and was like, excuse me if I'm wrong, but like, is it okay for a woman to like exist and do her job anywhere without it being political or something? Which is, (laughs) yeah, pretty funny. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) So I consider myself a feminist and a career woman, and I still make it my damnedest (laughs) attempt to cry if a police officer pulls yourself over, pulls me over. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is absolutely a thing people do, and it's not right. But it's worked for me almost no, it's every just time. <laughs> interesting that the, her defense was basically like, oh, like, so like, just my existence is political. And it's like, yes, I'm yes. sorry, that's like true for everyone. It's like the same right. as like white men figuring out that like, oh, I'm not just like the default and like, actually, like, there's context for, you know, like the way white men are treated in this society versus, you know, yeah. other folks. Mm-hmm. We've been talking a, a while about social media. I think we should probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> move move to the next thing. Um, <laughs> so part of what the cops were saying about when they arrested Sahuri was that like she didn't have credentials. She wasn't properly identifying herself as a journalist. Like, oh, how could they know? But it seems like the Des Moines Police Department was very likely aware of who Andrea Sahori is. <laughs> um, they were definitely aware of her. <laughs> um, and she was she was on the crime beat for the register. So yeah. Um, and she's a young brown woman, um, which I'm sure certain <laughs> members within the Des Moines Police Department uh, might be a little bit more skeptical of her for those reasons. Yeah. And also, she was a good reporter who digged and did fucking work that didn't just require her to reprint what the police said without any sort of you know like uh, the police expect reporters to just report what they say just copy paste yeah as though that's a a factual like the neutral facts and not something that Mm -hmm. came from the police department and Mm -hmm. might be influenced in some way by the context in which it was written and unfortunately i think that's something we're gonna see more and more as newspapers are (laughs) eviscerated especially yeah 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 there's fewer reporters like that understaffed more yep. and you know people aren't willing to invest in like the kind of reporters and the like amount of work that they need to like dig like that and you can crank out articles where you're just copy pasting stuff from the like police yeah. really easily mm-hmm. yeah you don't even really need to pay anyone for that no but... <laughs> you just copy paste it and then you put that that one stock photo of handcuffs that kcrg uses for <laughs> and, yeah. and you click publish <laughs> yeah Yeah, so I did a little bit of digging into what Andrea had covered as a reporter for the Des Moines Register, and I found a few things that might give a little bit of context into why uh, her charges didn't get dropped. Right. I just was looking through, I mean, like I said, she was like a public safety and crime reporter, so a lot of her articles were pretty standard, fair, you know, just reporting on arrests and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I noticed she did have a couple articles back in 2019 where they were interviews with family members of people who had been charged with crimes. There was one instance where two guys were leaving a bar and on I-235 and got into an accident. Uh, They were best friends. They were out together and they charged the man who survived the crash because uh, one of the victims died. They charged him with attempted homicide, vehicular homicide. And uh, the family of the victim was saying like, no, like drop the charges. This isn't like this isn't a case of homicide. This was an accident or whatever. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. even proven that it was drag racing either. But so she wrote that article. Um, and then also another article where... 
It was a case of a 14-year-old black middle school student who had been sexually abused by a female teacher. And like in a very bad way where it was like grooming, like he specifically did not consent to it. She tried to become friends with his family. Like she basically like tried to like finagle her way into this guy's life. And like the family was like incensed that she pled out um, all of the felony charges. And so she so she had reported that as well. But I think the main thing that might have gotten her into trouble with the police or might have caused some tensions there is the Abdi Sharif case, which mm-hmm. we've covered a little bit on this podcast. Did we? Uh, briefly. I know Jalen talked about it. Oh, right, right, right. That's right. Yeah, because some of the protests over the summer were specifically mm-hmm. um, about Abdi Sharif. In fact, the very protest where Andrea <laughs> Sahori was arrested was specifically organized at the Merle Hay Mall, which is where he worked at the Target yeah. there. This is a case of a... How old is he? 19? He was a teenager. He was still in high school, right? Uh, maybe. He was a senior. So I, he was 18, I believe. Yeah. So it was a, a missing persons case that had a lot of media attention on it and a lot of media attention that wasn't particularly favorable to the Des Moines police, if you can imagine yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a missing young black man, and the police did not really do all they could do to investigate the circumstances. Imagine that. Shocked! Yeah, despite his Mm -hmm. family asking at basically every turn for some sort of assistance in figuring out what had happened to him. Yes. Well, not not only a young black man, but also uh, a family of immigrants. They are Somali. Mm -hmm. So any excuse, basically, for the cops to say, oh, there's a language barrier. (laughs) They're just like, (laughs) we can't talk to each other, so this this is over. Yes. Despite his family (laughs) having, like, multiple... I mean, obviously, like, they had family members who spoke fucking English, and they also had people advocating for them on their behalf who spoke perfect English. The kids were in public like, school and shit like they, they yeah. could communicate that with shouldn't it. make any fucking difference at all either like you get a fucking translator yeah. people who don't speak yeah. english are entitled to the same justice that <laughs> anyone of does course. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so a uh, friend of the show aaron calvin wrote a really good article for the iowa informer um mm-hmm. abdi sharif's revolution um that kind of goes over the case and the way the police handled it which was basically to immediately say that like it was a voluntary disappearance at first like that was the very first reporting was like they basically just treated it as a normal missing persons case when his family was saying like no like he had issues like struggles with mental health and stuff and right. uh, basically his family was trying to get them to investigate it more forcefully and in doing so they hired a private investigator to look after try to follow her own leads and the private investigator her name was stephanie kinney uh, was hired by his family and she was like leading all of the searches to try to find where he had like last been seen and all of that and the police were cooperating with her and sahori was covering the case at this time as well And so they all would, like, cooperate together and try to do this. And at a certain point, the police became unhappy with Kinney because she was, I guess, trying to... They basically weren't investigating the case, like, at all. (laughs) Yeah, and she was pressing them, and she was, you know, picking up the slack because they weren't doing anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so apparently Andrea Sahori was still working with Kinney and still talking to her without the police being involved, which... Mm-hmm. According to Miss Kinney, 
Paul Parizic, who is the spokesman for the Des Moines police. Friend of the pod. Yeah, a piece of shit. He's like the <laughs> yeah, the main media person that you'll see anything regarding a the true Des villain. police. Yes. A We've definitely villain, talked about yeah. him before. <laughs> So Kinney said of Andrea Sahori, uh, she rode with me a few times while I was conducting the investigation and went on almost all the searches as well. When Parizic found out that she was hanging out, he went on almost all the searches as well. He was a complete dick to her. He stopped talking to her, would not give her information, and was very short in his answers to her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So uh, mature. This was before she had been arrested, right? This would have been, yeah, I'm sorry. This was like. February into the spring. Right. Very, very early 2020. Yes. Right. Okay. But like, clearly sure the they right. know exactly who she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously. So this happened in February. And then in March is when they decided to basically cut off Kenny and his family, basically from any sort of information. I guess at the time they were saying that there was some sort of like crime connection and they were saying that they were concerned about Kinney leaking stuff to the media about mm-hmm. it or something like that, which does seem like bullshit because um, Kinney, actually, there was an investigator of the case, Brian Lancaster, uh, who she spoke to him and this is when he told her that she was being taken off the case. And he basically said, like, I tried to defend you to my higher ups. Like, we're not putting on snow boots and walking through the forest, but that's something that you're willing to do. Jesus. And then saying, uh, I don't think you're stepping on our toes and you're not taking credit for what you've done. I personally don't think this is a homicide investigation. That's uh, Jake Lancaster. Actually. Oh, Jake, sorry. But yeah, he was the the lead detective. Yes, yes. And then later in the same interview, uh, he talked about Parizic saying that he had been repeatedly asking him to assure that the Sharif family was pro-police. Oh my god. (laughs) Yes. That's Uh. not damning at all. If I'm remembering correctly, isn't like one of the... One of the details of the case that seems like it would merit further investigation is that he didn't have reliable transportation and then when his body was eventually found like it was at a place where like he must have had a ride to get to the place where they say he committed suicide am i remembering that correctly or yeah no? so a big part of the case and part of the re- thing that the police screwed up was that they told the family immediately that they could not get video from dart the des moines area yeah. regional transportation or whatever yeah um they said that they couldn't get footage because they, it was assumed that he had taken a bus at some point and that was like his last known location was was near a bus stop or something like that but then right. the fbi got involved and gave them some additional location information and then they went back and found that they actually did have complete video from <laughs> dart that showed yeah. him getting on the bus that pretty much implies that like if they would have digged at all in the beginning that they probably would have found this video mm-hmm. but they, they didn't even look they didn't yeah. it seems like they didn't really look yeah so anyway the regarding the lancaster thing he also said the, at this time the family was not unhappy with the police and their work on the case but now he said that so now we're gonna like not give them any information how is that gonna make them feel pro-police <laughs> yeah right which is yeah. a very good point <laughs> And so, yeah, they basically shut out the family and stopped talking to them. The family said that they had to get other people on their behalf to get any information at all. It's awful. I can't imagine. And so there was a lot of uh, conspiracy theories about, not conspiracy theories, but there were a lot of, since there was basically no information on the case for several months, there was all kinds of speculation about it. And uh, Paul Parizic went on 
his own podcast, <sighs> Missing in the Metro, which is like a cold case uh, Des Moines-based oh podcast. Yeah. I didn't oh know God. that was what it was called. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a <laughs> show that he had done Jesus. with his wife, who is a radio morning DJ on the sports station, KXO. Oh, my here. God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's a morning yes. zoo-style podcast. The Parisian uh, Files. It, it, the podcast, or I've listened to her radio show, and he appears on their show every Tuesday and, like, takes oh, phone God. calls or whatever. He does prank phone calls to see, like... <laughs> <laughs> no. He, he reviews movies like uh, Schulte's mom on <laughs> 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 Yeah. So basically... They didn't produce any other podcasts in 2020. Like this series, they just rebooted it basically to try to clear the air regarding the Sharif case. Because like I said, that was at this point, uh, this was before the protests or anything. This was still like in March when that launched it. Right. But there was, like I said, there was a lot of uh, people in the community who were saying that the police were not looking into it. There was also a lot of comparisons to the Molly Tibbetts case, uh, another missing persons mm-hmm. case where it was like a mm-hmm. white girl that got a shitload of media attention. I think Trump yes. talked about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they eventually found her. Um, Tommy killer, Lauren but... was obsessed with it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. She tweeted about it almost every day. So on this podcast, he talked about the cultural hurdle that the police face in communicating with the Sharif family, basically <laughs> saying that, yeah, they, they couldn't cross the language barrier. And uh, also talked about um, the way it was compared to the Tibbetts case, which apparently really pissed off Heather Burnside, his wife. Mm-hmm. She multiple times went back to say how ridiculous it was to compare the two things, which is like, <laughs> I I don't know about that. I think there's some it's pretty... It's a case of a missing young person. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you can compare them. Yeah. What is the difference? Can you guys enlighten me? <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. Have to figure it out yourself. The cultural hurdle thing is so awful. It's like yeah. you don't serve the fucking community if you can't even bother like yes. communicating with immigrants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of like immigrant populations in Des Moines. Yeah, and they obviously like don't have a good relationship with police mm-hmm. because the police are racist. <laughs> this was, if this was, I mean, yeah. this was in 2020. It's not like there aren't language lines available. It's not like you can get a translator where you need them to be in person even, like not even just over the phone. Like yeah, you can make this happen to locate a missing young person if you care about it. Like, you know, 1%. Yeah. yeah. Just the whole podcasting is just so exploitative and, like, just fucking yeah. PR bullshit. Like, they're, they're not communicating with the family of the victim, but they're releasing a true crime podcast yep. about it. That's disgusting. Yep. Yeah. You are employed by the police department. You shouldn't be doing a fucking podcast. So that was another complaint that the family had was that they, like I said, they did, or Stella said, they did find the his body in the Des Moines River. And within 12 minutes of the family finding out, they went public yeah. to the media, which really pissed off his family because like, they didn't have any time to digest the information or anything uh, like that at all. And then it's all over the news everywhere. You know, like, turn on the TV, you're going to see information about your son who was just, his body yeah. was found. Like, come on. There's no sensitivity there. Right, yeah. Uh, and, you know, tying this back to the what we started with, when Sahuri 
uh, filed her final report on the case with the Des Moines Register, she included quotes from the family who were rightly upset with the police department and had been for months. And, you know, it's not a stretch to say that Suhuri may have uh, pissed off someone at the DMP (laughs) (laughs) with the way that she reported about this case. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, the article goes on to say that, uh, talk about the Suhuri arrest, and uh, basically, Parizic had already said that she was at fault for like not displaying credentials, you know, not just failing to disperse or whatever. Um, but an interesting thing in this as well is that the Des Moines police knew that the protests at the Merle Hay Mall were connected to the Abdi Sharif case, yeah. which they did not address in any meaningful way at all. <laughs> in fact, some of the vandalism that happened during the protests, there was like a justice for Abdi that got spray painted on uh, one of the buildings. And so, yeah. like, instead of, like, addressing any of the crowd's frustrations or, or doing anything constructive, they went off the deep end and, like, arrested a reporter doing her job and tear-gassed, like, a whole fucking city block. Yeah, <laughs> so they continued to... They, they made three episodes of that podcast <laughs> as well, and uh, they run ads on this podcast. Like I said, the uh, KXNO <laughs> is a iHeart Media station, and so they obviously make revenue off of any podcasts yeah, that are downloaded. Yeah, we, we couldn't really make out what the family was trying to tell us, but let us tell you about <laughs> Casper, the mattress <laughs> of your dreams. Blue apron. Jesus. Fucking Christ. <laughs> Is that even, a, like, how can you serve, you know, this, like, public servant type of role and also be... You know, having your own podcast at the same time, I feel like that's like clearly a conflict of interest that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> Except for when I run for something. Yeah. <laughs> he said, it's pretty simple. Nobody is getting paid to do the podcast. It generates no revenue for any of their participants. It's entirely a volunteer effort. Podcast <laughs> isn't published because of my wife, but because of the Des Moines Police Department's creative outreach effort and the commitment by two longtime radio hosts to get back to the community. Uh, oh my your God. suggestion that there may be improprieties is not only na- naive, but ill-informed. There are no advertisers, no sponsors. And when you hear commercials, they are generated by the app, not the podcast. <laughs> generated by the app, not the podcast. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. So that means someone is generating revenue. Right. Yes. There wouldn't be an advertisement otherwise. Also, it's a volunteer effort. And then the next sentence is, also, it's part of my job. Yeah. Also, it's an app for iHeartRadio that owns the station. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is also some more about like the language barrier. Also, uh his wife Heather Burnside said uh basically that his family was upset because of shame that he committed suicide or or something like that and just like trying to just like contextualize everything in a way that's mm-hmm. favorable to the police. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is predictable. <laughs> of course, cuz she's a cop wife. Yes. Uh, Since this is an Aaron Calvin article, I I do want to read this quote that he got from Parizek because it's very funny. (laughs) Uh, Parizek found questions presented by the informer about his use of the Missing in the Metro podcast to discuss the details of the Sharif case throughout 2020 and his choice to provide in-depth access to an editorial project run in part by his wife, particularly offensive, attacking the reporter who presented these questions personally. This is referring to Aaron. 
you have established yourself as a person who will, for your personal benefit, take advantage of people with vulnerabilities. So there is no surprise that you will continue that practice by exploiting the tragedy that the Sharif family has had to endure, what? he said. Yeah. And this is Paul Parizic saying that to Aaron. <laughs> oh yeah. God. Is he saying that Carson King is a vulnerable person? <laughs> Because I think that's what he's saying. Like, I, is yeah, that what you yeah. interpreted? It's either that or the time that Aaron reported on Prezik's son. Oh, who had, like, okay. Denounced yeah, it. that's true. Yeah, his son came out against him saying that, yeah, the fucking yeah. police are ridiculous and my dad's, like, abusive. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, it's very funny that Aaron still uh, contacts Prezik with questions <laughs> following that. Yeah. <laughs> it is also good that he dude. got that yeah. quote in there. <laughs> Aaron is a hero. <laughs> yeah, so there's this is a really good article, and I would recommend reading the whole thing. Definitely. It, yeah, it provides a lot more context. But that was not the only thing that Andrea Sohori was was writing about. She and another reporter, Jason Clayworth, who is no longer with the Register, but uh, sometime in the spring of 2020, they started investigating police complaints and the Des Moines Police Department's uh, $1.7 million in uh, settlements for police complaint cases that are basically like completely opaque. You cannot find any details about what actually happened in many of these cases. Oh mm-hmm. Sounds like they have nothing to hide. Yeah. And like most of these cases regar- are regarding like racial profiling shit. Like there's been Jesus. multiple high profile. There is another one that I don't think is even mentioned in this article. Um, like they ran a whole bunch of articles. Like it was a whole investigative piece into police complaints. And, and they talked about that Cedar Rapids cop that killed that guy mm. and then got fired, but then had like two other jobs yeah. as a cop. Like, yep. <laughs> because there's no, like, you would think that they would be able to like find that in his record before they hired him. <laughs> yes. That was uh Nathan Bond, I believe is the Cedar Rapids cop. So yeah, there's a lot of smoke there. I think that she specifically had pissed off someone or multiple people higher up with the Des Moines Police Department that led them to specifically target her yes. and not drop her charges. Even if the arresting cop didn't right. know who she was, like they definitely knew who she was, obviously, like since Parisic specifically had worked with her. And yeah, there's also, you know, the Sarcone uh, also had like she asked him for quotes in a lot of these articles that I'm reading from. Right. And yeah. was often like not willing to give quotes. <laughs> or, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that the family was upset about this. Like <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. I, I want to mention again that uh Sarcone is a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> He's plugged into the Polk County Democrats, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um I have been yeah. by the way reading it in my head as Sarconi. The entire it's probably Sarconi. <laughs> it probably and, is. And imagining that it's like a fucking Sopranos character. <laughs> yeah. That's what I picture every time. <laughs> Sarconi. <laughs> There's a lot to the investigation that they did. They found one police officer in the Des Moines Police Department who had, I believe, 13 disciplinary infractions sounds like a guy who's really good at his job (laughs) yeah he was given a last chance final warning and suspended for 15 days before he finally got fired for like i would never get a last chance final warning yeah i mean (laughs) 
every <laughs> office job I've normal. had, it's you get two writtens and then your final warning and then termination. <laughs> oh, people just get straight up fired. Oh, or, or you just get straight up fired. That's <laughs> yeah. more likely. I mean, I was an at will employment state. Does that like I and was they a can right fire to work state? Any, yep. Yeah. Like. Yeah, but but cops are one of the few jobs that are unionized, so. They've got a strong union backing them up. Okay, A cab includes police unions. Only the oh all, yeah, <laughs> only, I'm not saying that's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> only bad unions. <laughs> yeah. Do they even have those protections in Iowa? Well, uh, I mean, the police union seems to be the only union that gets anything it wants in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, real. and the police union was excluded from the uh, collective bargaining stuff. Stella, isn't that oh. monstrous? <laughs> mm-hmm. Great, great. That's so fucked. <laughs> Like, love it. Yeah. I love feel it. good about yeah. it. I feel good about it, actually. Yeah. Excellent. No notes. <laughs> I don't know. Carry yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. There's some uh, stuff in this article as well about uh, there was a, let's see, some sort of police conduct committee, or I guess it was not a police specifically. It was a Des Moines Civil Service Commission. But basically, all of these police complaint cases did not get to even go to this board. And they basically, like, never even met. They had, like, 11 meetings got canceled <laughs> just because, like, oh, they didn't man. have anything to do. Basically, the entire thing was just completely tilted in a way to protect police at all costs. Yep. And half the cases they did get were about, like, wrongful termination. So it was, like, specifically oh about, like, <laughs> the cop getting, you know, trying to appeal there, getting fired. They also... There, that was part of the big one of the big demands of the Black Lives Matter movement was to have a civilian commission to review police conduct and city council shot that down (laughs) and uh never happened josh mandelbaum who is like ostensibly the most progressive city council member (laughs) in des moines Mm -hmm. is quoted in this article uh he was one of the only people who like said anything or any of the city council or any city official who said that like it just implied that the police overreacted to the protests and uh, he got a very threatening letter from the police union, basically yeah. telling him to fuck off. <laughs> Just for saying anything, mildly critical. Yeah, yeah. and it was like a private letter that they were like trying to like seemingly not get to the press. Yeah, and Josh Mandelbaum sucks. He's like, yeah. I mean, if fuck you're listening him. to this and you're involved in the city council members and like Godspeed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's something I wanted to say on this episode. Like, if you are somebody who is able to stomach like sitting through yeah. city council meetings, mm-hmm. like with the stuff that's been going on in Iowa City recently, God bless you and like give public <laughs> comment and stuff. Like, oh my God, they're such heroes. I am not that person. Like, my eyes just shut automatically whenever I try to listen <laughs> to more than two minutes of a meeting like that. Yeah, it's definitely fucking torturous. <laughs> I think that mindless bureaucracy is like a tactic to protect itself from any kind of outside Absolutely. criticism. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with the meetings. They have them like in the middle of the day. Like you have to be like taking Committed. time out. Of, yes, you have to be taking time out of your normal or like, I mean, a lot of people have flexible schedules and shit, but like if you work a fucking normal job, like 40 hours a week or whatever, you're not going to have time to be involved in this shit. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's all in intentional it's just like Mm -hmm. how the applications for food stamps require like the blood of your firstborn child like (laughs) (laughs) it's intended to be that way at least in iowa city like don't they start like four or five of course a lot of people work second or third shift and that's not 
feasible but like Mm -hmm. i do think that's allowed some and plus just the nature of like iowa city as a community has allowed some of these meetings to get a little spicier than your average (laughs) uh (laughs) like public meeting um but at the you know at the same time like uh do you guys remember just a few years ago when there was this whole progressive majority elected to the Iowa City Council and yeah the uh, you know, core four yeah I believe yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course there had to be like a pretentious <laughs> name attached to it um but you know this is ushering in an, an era of change and progressivism in a city like the most progressive city in Iowa oh my we, god we love, we love to call ourselves that and of course like yeah. I, I think the last year, especially around Black Lives Matter protests and just everything that's come to light in the last year in, in the city and how our government is run and the people in power, even people who ran and were elected on progressive ideals, like, yeah, it's it's all smoke and mirrors sometimes. <laughs> yeah, when it comes time to actually, yeah. like, when push you, for yeah, something, when it's like... When you have power and influence to be able to accomplish something you're much more likely to conform to the like bureaucracy of which you become a part. Yes, yeah. and the status quo is just like really powerful mm-hmm. at keeping itself around. Right. <laughs> That's yep. why it's the status quo. Yep. Yep, and so in the wake of the protests, uh, Iowa legislature, uh, Iowa Senate has already passed, I believe, like three bills regarding police budgets and police uh, like activities. Uh, there's a f- one that just passed for to give like qualified immunity to, which is like they already have that basically. <laughs> yeah, as we've seen, as Andrew Sahuri reported on for many months. Yes, they can get away with murder basically. Yeah, but this is specifically to protect them from lawsuits. Yeah, that yeah. happen Sick. over the course of their normal duties or whatever. So just basically fuck you to anyone who gets fucked over by the police and tries to mm-hmm. do anything mm-hmm. about it. Um, also, part of the bill is to give the police the names of people who file complaints. <laughs> what? So if you file a complaint against the police, oh my they're God. now yeah. allowed to, to know like, the retaliate. name of the person. Yeah. Yeah. That's Come to your house and fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Along with also redacting police names from like any sort of other court paperwork that is available. Oh like, my God. Oh, so, and you couldn't do like FOA or whatever then? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know, different court documents that land rights, something like that. Jesus. Land records, I guess. I don't know what that really means, honestly. But, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're basically trying to. Again, like just remove any sort of reference to any police officers so that their like identities are protected while also literally not protecting the identities of anyone who yeah. would, would complain. Yeah, anyone who has any criticisms against them. And like it's yeah, a fucking thing for police to retaliate. Like obviously, like in this mm-hmm. case of Suhuri, it's like we can't say for certain <laughs> that's the reason, but like it seems pretty like I said, they they should have just dropped the charges. Any yeah. reasonable person would expect them to drop the charges. But yeah. why double it down? Seems like why they had it out? You had you know maybe a semblance of an opportunity to like save a little face by not bringing these charges to trial. Yeah, and yet, and let let's throw this twenty two year old, <laughs> <laughs> this baseball loving lady child to the wolves i mean it's it's a farce it's so embarrassing for sarcone <laughs> i don't understand 
how they expected to get a conviction, like at all. Like it seems like an open and did. shut. Yeah, I, that's no. The thing. I think it's, they it, were just trying to waste their time and her money and make her unhappy. Yeah. It was more like a personal uh, punishment. Yes, gross for that journalist specifically, and for yeah her employer for al- allowing right. her it's a, to report yeah. on them in that way. It's a precedent of saying, yeah, we're gonna go after you if you like look into us too far. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Another bill that passed was uh, the bill that says that state city budgets, I'm sorry, can't reduce their police budgets unless it's in proportion to reducing the rest of their budget, which is oh. just like, no! that sounds like fucking big government to me. Like you're what you're setting yeah. minimums for how much money the government has to spend on fucking police. That's uh, not uh, very conservative of you. I wish I could do that for like my birthday present. Like, <laughs> you will spend a minimum of. <laughs> and if you cut out of my birthday present, then I cut out of yours. <laughs> <laughs> like, they used to be, a, well, they used to say like they're all about local control, but no, like not. every time, so every time something yeah. comes up, they chip away at that like yeah. minimum, minimum wage, wage the uh, school bags, districts stuff, mask mandates. It's only when it's something they don't want to have direct control over. It's such it's so hypocritical. Yeah, absolutely. Which is uh, the list is getting shorter. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know what the actual principles of fucking conservatives are. It's not about the fucking small yeah. government or the constitution. It's about fucking power and control over weak people like people (laughs) that's literally what it is it's fucking there's a class of people who are better who deserve Mm -hmm. special fucking treatment and then there's you suckers and then also like complete flattening of like this like fucking farce that somehow you can just be concerned about taxes and not have anything to do Mm -hmm. with social issues whatsoever they cannot be divorced from one another Taxes and domestic spending is inextricably linked to justice and to, you know, the ability to exist in a civil society. And you're a fucking liar if you say, like, I'm just concerned about taxes. I don't like any of this other stuff. Like, fuck you. (laughs) That definitely applies to the fucking liberals, too, because. Oh, yeah. Because they don't want to put their money where their mouth is. And it's like, right. you need you need reparations. You need economic yeah. justice. You need health care. You can't just, like, put a rainbow sticker on anything and expect that that does shit. Uh, I also want to say six Democrats did vote for the defund uh, the police yeah. bill. Yep. Which is pretty uh, One of them was uh, Nate Bolton. Did he vote for it? Yeah, I believe so. Actually, I think that might have been a different one. He's quoted on here where he's saying, I, I don't know if he voted for that one. There's like three different bills. Okay. But what he did, did say, he was <laughs> quoted in uh, this article that I'm reading in the Des Moines Register. But he said that actually the only thing that's moving in the state right now to actually defund local law enforcement is a bill that's already advanced out of committee that will take oh, $3 Jesus. million out of the police activities in the city of Des Moines, which is a bill that would basically ban police uh, traffic cameras so oh, he's right. saying ah. actually it's the republicans who are trying to yeah, fucking defund the police by yeah. yeah lowering tax revenue from traffic video tickets everyone, everyone fucking hates traffic cameras which is yeah. very democrat logic mm-hmm. that's the shit biden was saying about trump actually he's the one who wants to defund the police <laughs> oh. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah he's a fucking yeah that dude's a fucking creep he, he, we talked yeah, about him on the last episode 
Fuck Nate. He Bolton. should not be in a position of power. No, no. famous non-consensual reasons, wiener rubbing weirdo. <laughs> get out of the Senate. It is it is an embarrassment that he continues to serve in the Senate as well. Yep. Uh, the the other bill I think he did vote for was for stiffer penalties for protests. Ah, uh, that one. Okay. Yes, Great. I believe. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that bill, yeah, would apparently provide exemptions from liability for drivers who injure protesters who are in the street, which is like... Justin, you have some first-hand experience with that. <laughs> yeah, I know Remember Justin's when you got hit gonna... by a fucking car? <laughs> yeah, they already don't seem to want to do anything about that, so it doesn't seem necessary to pass this. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's like more of a like just conservative fantasy about like yeah. running over protesters. Like they don't they need any more encouragement. That, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they always say, like, oh, like these protests are like preventing me from like going to like the fucking Dave and Buster's or whatever. <laughs> I gotta well, get to the container the store. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was a comment. I've heard. I'm trying to get to a funeral and you're, pre- you know, preventing yeah. me from getting, it's such a crock of shit. Like if we were protesting anywhere else, you know, if yeah. we were protesting where you didn't see us and had no knowledge of like our, you know, wanting to get some sort of justice, you would, you would, it would not affect your life. You wouldn't even care. Like right. there is a reason that these protests are happening in the streets. Well, yeah. And yeah. the thing is, if you just drive slowly, you can make it through like everybody else. <laughs> it's just like any other like minor yeah. inconvenience that you might experience on your fucking drive. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you wish you could be driving to the container store right now, but <laughs> the person that was, you know, murdered in their bed. Um, that we're oh, protesting oh their justice for, like, they can't go to the container store ever. So maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe there is a reason that we're trying to raise awareness in this type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Another part of the bill is to add a additional aggravated misdemeanor charge of interference with public disorder control. Which is I would just like to note that this episode is sponsored by the Container Store. Sorry, Evan. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love containers. I love containers. They're useful. I love the ones them. where you get the little labels that look like a chalkboard <laughs> and you can write what's in it. Yes. And it's like, oh, oh no. Love to contain. I yes. love containing. Oh, man. And do you want to know what? I like dutifully you know put my container store runs onto the back burner because i know that some things are more important even though i love <laughs> containers i also want to comment that evan always brings up dave and busters whenever he <laughs> <laughs> he really really hates dave and busters that's what he's always i don't talking. is the thing but i'm just saying it's it's just you've always said that with the mask stuff too yeah yeah <laughs> I've actually never been to David Buster's, but I have nothing against it. I like arcade games. <laughs> I just like the idea of like Chuck E. Cheese for adults. I mean, it's just funny. You you had a very important like larger point that we. Oh we yeah, basically <laughs> they added aggravated misdemeanor charge for people who show up with basically items to prevent themselves from being harmed by police like oh uh tear gas like if you have water if you have like water yeah. or milk or whatever or um i guess probably they're probably also talking about like laser pointers or like basically anything that you would bring to like either <laughs> or, like, defend shields. yourself yeah like any any sort of items like you can get an extra additional charge for like any 
defensive items that you would bring to a protest yeah if you're gonna go out to a protest you you gotta just take it bare skin yeah 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 (laughs) it's not the police's fault for using those weapons against you it's your fault for like preparing to be having them used against you (laughs) like yeah it's your fault for fucking recognizing a pattern yeah Yeah. also liz mathis former (laughs) news anchor (laughs) but she's a democrat and she's she seems all right. She tried to add a, an amendment to this bill to add anti-racial profiling language to the laws, which Kim Reynolds has actually said that she supports before, which is pretty funny. But that absolutely got shot down. So Liz Mathis used to mm-hmm. be my representative. She's good. Yeah, I saw she did vote for against. I think all of these bills. I think yeah. she yeah. voted for the yeah. twenty-week abortion stuff. But other than that, she's been great. Yeah. So not. Not not a lot of great things happening in the Iowa legislature and just yeah. as if things weren't already stacked in the favor of the police to an extreme degree. It's mm-hmm. just yeah, they're going they're even piling further. on. Yeah. It's it's because an extension. They can. Yeah, well and it's also it's like a fuck you to mm-hmm. Democrats, like more than anything. It's just like red meat for their fucking their fans, you know? Mm-hmm. They don't like they think that Joe Biden is like spurring on protests or that like he's some fucking radical or that you know, the Democrats are inviting this, which they are, because they're generally in control of these cities where the protests happen with, like, the horrible fucking racial disparities. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but, uh, no, apparently they're being too nice to them. So, I mean, for a similar example, like, in the last couple of years, there's been a state bill moving through, it was just passed by the Iowa Senate, and now it's in the House, outlawing any sort of local ordinances against housing discrimination, like, this is something that is like Cedar Rapids and Iowa City and Des Moines and West Des Moines and all these places that are typically having folks who are uh, Democrats elected to office. And um, they have ordinances where if you have Section 8, a Section 8 voucher, like you're going to be able to pay for your housing. Like you should be able to use that money to secure an apartment, right? But in these communities, there's like ordinances now that say, If someone says to you specifically, like, I'm not going to rent to you because you're using Section 8 to finance your housing, that is discrimination. And you can, you can like contact the city and it's like a whole process, but you can find ways to report this type of discrimination. And then there's a state bill that is trying to move through the House and, or I'm sorry, it's already been passed by the Senate. It's moving into the House to get rid of all of these like local ordinances to protect uh, folks who want to use Section 8 and, and other public assistance to get housing. And it's just another example of like the Republican ethos is that local governments, local communities should have this control. And then when they're actually in power, they do everything they can to get rid of that sort of like uh, local autonomy so that it's in favor of of the agenda that they're trying to get across. Which is why you can't work within their framing. And it's never going to own them to say like, to point out hypocrisy or like attempt no. to work within their like worldview because it, they do not give a single fuck. Yeah. So stop no. attempting to win that way and yeah. instead yeah. just be be bold and have an ideology and believe in something. God. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, most people are not Republicans. It feels like you need to remind people that, like, I don't know, just the way that Democrats are like so focused on trying to win over like hypothetical Republican yeah, voters, whatever, instead of like They're focusing protect. on the people who don't fucking vote already. But we have the moral high ground. Woo! Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, we yeah. I have found a hypocrisy, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's about all I have for the uh, Iowa legislature. Thanks, correspondent Evan. <laughs> Thank you. I try. A, uh, as usual, we've solved all the world's problems in an hour and a half, and uh, let's move on to weather. It looks like we're in for a snowy <laughs> and cool couple of days. Oh, that's right. It's gonna snow, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is bullshit. It's gonna melt like immediately <laughs> as soon as it touches the ground. That's true. So I, um, sexy leggy uh, anchor, have been beaten up by Antifa outside my house, <laughs> oh, <no>. and <laughs> they punched me on my pretty pretty face. And um, I'm gonna link my GoFundMe in the episode notes. <laughs> Does this mean you're not gonna be able to report on your uh, Brazilian bikini wax for the good people? of the state <laughs> they carved antifa rules in my forehead and i need you to send me as much money as you have for surgery <laughs> Dang. well that's been your newscast on for march 14th 2021 this has been rock hard caucus uh evan stella natalie and justin reporting i have a news. closing comment oh all right go ahead sorry um, we never say what our handles are on Twitter, and I think we should because I want people to follow me. So it's at hot for Trotsky. <laughs> Sorry, you can carry on. Please follow me on Twitter. All right, that's the show. <laughs> Any, anything else? <laughs> I don't really care if you follow me on Twitter, so I'm not going to say it. Go to rockhardcock.us. Yeah, it's spelled like the podcast. I mean, like maybe we penis. can put links in there. No, I'm hell well actually. I don't really. There are links on there. If you put their names on the website, it'll go to our Twitter. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Okay, whatever. No, you know where to find us. (laughs) It just seems like it's a thing people do, and I remembered it the other day. Whatever, I don't care. (laughs) We're too big to worry about. They know where to find us. This will be uh, one of the last times you hear both Natalie and I on the main feed. They uh, try to reserve us for the Patreon because we tend to derail the conversation. (laughs) But every time, every time we're on the podcast together, our cycles sync and it's a beautiful thing. So (laughs) interesting. Well, I enjoy, I enjoy your Patreon contributions. again so that we don't talk about the container store during the series no promises (laughs) we're gonna do a patreon episode soon to channel some of the container store energy yeah if you like what you heard uh (laughs) only one dollar a month qualifies you for some excellent toxic femininity content and uh Justin, do you want to promote uh, Republican Crackhead Book Club? Yeah, since you you were on the new one, we if you want to hear me and Stella talking for like two hours about a stupid <laughs> book, uh, <laughs> that's also on the Patreon. It's very so. very funny, and you don't have to read the book. Oh no, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin, I feel like yeah. I always see that in my yeah. So Justin reads it and like tells you about it, and then they talk, and it's funny. I'd prefer if you never ever read the book. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. Pay a dollar so that you can hear Justin suffer through yet another book. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And your contributions will fund Cock Pack in its future endeavors. (laughs) Okay, we need to stop now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's been Rock Hard Caucus. Tune in next time for your favorite news and all the important facts. Yes. Bye. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh.